I'm Drew Miller, and you're listening to The Second Muse. Hold still, don't move. You'll never find the love you want. If you want to write, they say, first you must read. If you want to sing, first you must listen. If you want to be held, first you must hold still. Taylor Linhart and Lucas Morton are two of the best listeners I know, and it's no coincidence that, in discussing their own voices as artists, they can hardly begin without mentioning the voices that have meant the most to them. Taylor's songs are patient to unfold, sparse in their words, and powerful in their emotional impact. For me, that impact often only hits after the whole song is over. Her songs carry insight that is heavy with elegant simplicity. Likewise, Lucas Morton's magic touch can only be the product of listening. Lucas has been on the podcast three different times now with various artists, and that's because songwriters know they can trust him with their songs. So when I heard Taylor and Lucas were making a record together, I was thrilled because I knew it would be the result of a deep attentiveness unique to its makers. The song we discussed today, Hold Still, has not yet been released, so you're lucky to hear it here before anyone else. Taylor Linhart, Lucas Morton, thank you so much for joining me on The Second Muse. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad that we can virtually be here during this quarantined season. Um, this is the second interview that uh, that I've done in quarantine so far. So uh, here we go. But um, <laughs> let's get started. Doing, with, doing uh, great so far. Off to a great start. Deep breath you know, in, deep breath out. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> we're all doing our best. That's what we're doing. Um, so to get started. Um, just a couple words about the second muse and um, and where that name comes from. Um, when we talk about creativity and art, um, a lot of times it's really easy to talk about the inspiration and the magic and the sparkly uh, initial moments of of where um, a creative idea starts, uh, and then just kind of assume that the whole story consists of that magic. Um, but so often the good stuff really starts with the wrestling and the mm. resistance that we come up against. And so there's this quote from um, my favorite writer, Wendell Berry, where he says, it seems like there's two muses. There's the first muse, which is the muse of inspiration. And, and it gives us these inarticulate visions and dreams but then there's the muse of realization, the second muse that comes and says, it is more difficult than you thought. And, wow. um, and this is the muse of form. This is the one that we have to struggle with. Um, and it's also where the best stuff is. Uh, he ends up saying the impeded stream is the one that sings. Oh, yes. Um, which, man, I love that so much. Um, so I always like to start by just asking um, you both about how you relate to that force in your creative life and your craft. Um, generally speaking, um, what's your relationship to the second muse like? And uh, how do you interact with that moment in the making of things? So Taylor, do you want to start? 
Yeah, gosh, I'd love to. That's such a great... I love that quote. And I've heard the part, the impeded stream that sings. Is that from the same Yeah, it's all essay, the same excerpt. The same. Yeah. I love that so much. It's, it's cool to hear that in, in that context. And uh, I've actually spent a good amount of time thinking about this. And, you know, with my last, uh, well, my, uh, my, my first full-length record, River House, I was thinking about those songs and how those were ones that really... Uh, there wasn't much impedance going on. You know, those were ones mm. that kind of just came very easy. And I think in general, I'm a pretty go with the flow person. So it's, <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I would call myself like a fighter. Um, and so, but something started happening. Like after those, I released those songs, which were kind of like, well, here's just a bunch of songs from the last like five years. And here they are, here they are together. And then I started writing for this second project. When I started kind of turning my gaze that way, I feel like there was so much resistance just in, you know, there's just Mm. time, you know, less time than I've ever had before. Um, Wanting to say something new, wanting to, to dig deeper. And I just feel like in that pursuit, the song, the songs that are coming for this second album are are ones that i'm finding like the soil is very is not giving quite as easily Mm. um you know and the songs that that end up coming i actually feel like i'm cherishing them more because i'm having Mm. to really work at it uh but yeah so that's actually been my experience is like i think songwriting did kind of feel like easy and natural to me maybe maybe a couple of years ago and now it's like well i think i know i know there's a gift here i know that i can do it but but for some reason finding the songs and, and unearthing them uh i i'm just meeting i'm meeting that resistance quite a lot and having to learn like okay what are the tools that will help me when i'm when i get stuck you know hmm. and when do you just give up on something or when do you push through it and yeah trying to find find that out (laughs) those are really good questions yeah yeah man that's awesome taylor Mm -hmm. yeah well i mean it's a it's a work in progress and i think uh yeah i think the thing is is that there's some intuition maybe that's the first muse when you know this thing is worth fighting for like whatever Mm -hmm. i've stumbled across here this is this is an idea that's worth like doing whatever I can to find the rest of it, um, and sometimes not everything is that way. Sometimes you start out, start a song, or chase one, you know, chase one idea down, and you kind of think, you know what, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let this one go. Yeah, like so, fishing, throw it back yeah. in the water. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like you see that that movie. Um, what was it called? Like grumpy old man or something like that. Like remember that movie? And they're like, they're trying to find this. Right. Yeah. I thought of up (laughs) the Pixar movie. No, it's like, no, it's literally, I think it's literally called grumpy old man. And my, I used to, I saw that movie when I was a kid with my family and it's like, uh, Walter. Yeah. Walter Walter Matthau and Jack, uh, Jack Lemon, Jack Lemon. And they're literally trying to, they're trying to find this, 
whopper of a fish that's like <laughs> this elusive thing and the whole movie is them just trying to find this fit and it's like that's kind of what it is you're it's a like, grumpy old man I, yeah. in this metaphor i am the grumpy old man yes man. Man. <laughs> yeah. so yeah. How, how does it feel to be a grumpy old man well <laughs> I'll tell you, it's just like everything hurts, and uh, no, I'm just kidding. All right. I, yeah, I, I, there's determination, there's stubbornness. Mm, mm. You know that that age has afforded them. It's like there's something good in that. You know, so yeah, and the stubbornness. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to like find a way to ask this question, but when you say that it's harder this time around, like the yeah. soil just isn't giving as much. Yeah. Um, practically speaking, like. If you had to pinpoint like a like a part of the process that's harder, is it that you're like having the intuition that you're like, yes, this is a good idea for a song, but then as you follow that intuition, it just it feels yeah. like it's just not biting, or like yeah, well, how it may be, it? maybe too. It's it's my own appetite is changing, you know. Hmm. Uh, where sorry, I'm using I'm gonna use a lot of metaphors, but uh hey. <laughs> I it's your job. You know, it's my own appetite for songs is changing where it's like I think I'm hungrier to find like the songs that are really gonna speak to me in a in a deep place where it's like I think before I was just so happy, like, look, like I wrote this song and it says something, hmm. you know. Yeah. That I mean, and I think there was something good about that. And I listened to my older work, and I'm I'm not ashamed of it. I'm I'm proud of it. But I think as I keep going, it's like I just want to dig deeper and deeper and get closer to the the source of things. Yeah. And that's just hard because the you know like it's hard to do that. And you're fight like especially if you kind of know like okay this is how a song goes, and then in the second verse you can do this, and then the chord, but but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to write a very true song or a very, mm. you know, so I think that's yeah. cool. I think yeah. that's really so cool. I think it's just like, you realize like, Oh, this is going to require me to actually give up a little bit more of myself than I'm comfortable with, or maybe than I even know how to do. Mm. And I got to try some things that are beyond my normal not in my normal bag of tricks. Yeah. You know, uh, well, that's what yeah. I'm trying to do. That's what I want to do. And I think that's just difficult. So, yeah. Yeah. The digging deeper. Um, but man, I mean, even just in listening to that live recording of hold still, that is a song that sounds like the result of digging deeper. Um, it, it's so simple. It's like mm. this satisfyingly simple, self-evident thing, you know? Um, yeah. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm hearing like the chiseling, like the effect of that, that sort of uh, digging and chiseling uh, yeah. already in that. And I, I just think that's so cool. Um, and it sounds effortless, but I know that it's the result of much effort. <laughs> it was not. This song was actually a really, it's a cool one to talk about for for the second muse because it really put up a big fight you know yeah if, if this song was a fish in the water it did not want to get caught <laughs> you know <laughs> uh 
right. and uh, so I, I had I I think the chorus came to me in the car, which is where I get a lot of on long drives. I get song ideas, um, hmm. and I heard that line. I heard the end like that. Uh, you want to be held, you gotta hold still. Oh, that that was almost like the wow. I'm really just gonna go with this fishing thing, I guess. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like those were like the you know. I I saw that kind of streak through the lake, and then it was like <laughs> okay, okay. And so then, like in the car, I just kind of worked out uh, at least how the chorus would go. I don't think I was right on the the melody yet, but I was getting there. Um, and then I ha- I had the chorus for maybe. A month or I want to say it was maybe like six weeks, uh, six weeks to two months. I was sitting on that chorus and I, and I felt like it was really special. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I play, I even played it for some people. Cause I just, every time I tried to put a verse with it, mm. it felt like, no, this isn't right. Like I don't, I don't have it yet. And I would share it just trying to be like, I don't, you know, just trying to see if other people felt like it was <laughs> as special as I felt like it was. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but I really, I probably threw away like three different versions of the verses. Yeah. I would just c- come up with them and then it just, it wouldn't be right. And it felt like it just wasn't, it wasn't who the song was and, and wasn't what that song wanted to say. And, uh, it took just time. I don't, you know, you had to hold still. I had, you know, that's, it's terrible, but it's true. It's true. <laughs> I really did just kind of have to wait for it. And, yeah. uh, I think I was listening to a bunch of water deep, mm-hmm. uh, Don and Lori Schaffer and just yeah. like listening, listening to that out, that double album, the green, it's like got a green cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that album. And I was listening to that and a lot that week and just as a way of like, well, I don't know, I'm going to just listen to stuff that really moves me. And uh, then I think I was just in the shower one afternoon and I just, and then I heard, it's like, I, I found the rest of it. It was like, I heard the, that for the top of that verse, like you're on, you're on the move again, saying you're through again don't know what to do again and then i thought okay i know what to do like you got it like, you're feeling the you know on your fishing rod <laughs> you yeah. Feel I, like, yeah i kind of like heard, fish bit. i kind of heard the feel of those verses and then i just sort of knew okay now i now i know what to do and i just have to coax the rest of it uh hmm Reel it in, I guess. Listen, I'm going to, like, lose the ability to talk much more about fishing because it's not like... (laughs) Well, hey, if you keep going, this could be a fishing podcast. (laughs) It really could. It really could. could uh, Take a turn. Yeah, there is something beautiful about both of those processes, though, where it is like, it is something you're actively doing, but there's a good amount of waiting involved. Man. You know? Man, you've never, I mean, I've never heard fishing described in a way that makes me want to do it. <laughs> Let's go. But you just, yeah. you just did it. Yeah. I mean, that's, I was like, oh, that's really beautiful. Man, yeah. maybe I should go fishing sometime. Dude, I'm starting yeah. to go every weekend. You should come with me, Drew. Seriously? You are? I was out last Saturday. Oh. See, like, you that's could, wonderful. like, 
Lucas could put in, and then you could put in six feet away in like your own canoe, and you guys could just. Man, that sounds kind of nice. All right, yeah. we could. You and I could come up with a third muse if we wanted. Who knows? <laughs> totally. <laughs> you're on the move again, saying you're through again. Don't know what to do again on your own. Walk in the street tonight under a neon light. You just want some peace and quiet. I know. Hold still, don't run. You'll never find the love you want if you take off and get. Got a hole still You've heard it all before The tired metaphor Don't move you anymore You're out of tears If you
I mean, the, the chorus is, it is like this sort of like self-sufficient, enclosed, loopable, you know, cycle, right? Like it, mm-hmm. so of course it would be hard to add a verse to something like that, right? But yeah. you broke through and you got that like first verse idea. Um, so, so how did the rest of the song tumble out? Was it kind of like you, you just got that verse and then it kind of led you to the other verses of the song and, and the rest of it came out well, pretty easily well, or how did that go? I think so. I mean, I think, I think as soon as I, having that chorus and hold still, I, I think what I, what I wasn't sure of is who am I talking to hmm. or who, you know, who is this? Like, what's yeah. this story? And as soon when I got the first verse idea, then I think I just understood that really it was a song to me, hmm. you know, like that I'm, I'm really speaking to my own yeah. self. And, um, of course, that's what I was always doing, but it sort of took that to go, okay, this is like almost from me to me. Mm. And I, uh, yeah. So I think then I, then I just understood like, these are the things that I want to tell myself then, you mm. know, if this is my story. And so, um, yeah. So the, so just imagining and really kind of getting, getting an image of myself like walking down the street or just like this constant struggle that I've kind of had uh, my whole life, which is like, I deeply want connection, but I also, you know, sometimes run away from it once it starts uh, getting, once it gets hard, you know? Mm -hmm. So like the life that I really want is, is difficult to have because it requires, you know, great vulnerability. And, Mm. uh, so I'm, I'm wanting to just tell myself, Hey, like if you want the things that, if you really want this, if you want to be held, you have to allow that into your life and not, you know, yeah, trust it. (laughs) So I'm um, a sucker for a good you song, like a second person song, you know? Um, yeah. And it is often so difficult to discern who you are, <laughs> who you is, who is the who you. you, who you are, yeah, who, <laughs> who you, you is, is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But that's that's great. So, what was the song like when you brought it to Lucas? Um, how did it look? Where where was it? Yeah, well, it it existed as like an acoustic. You know, I played it just me and my guitar. I'd maybe only sung it live a handful of times and I just knew it was very precious to me. Mm-hmm. And so Lucas, I think I sent it to you. And once we started talking about the album and, uh, yeah. yeah. I actually, so <clears throat> Taylor, you and I, uh, met last October at a yes. writer's retreat and we had a, a random co-write together and uh, (laughs) great great day um and uh i think at the end of that week you came back through nashville to play a mission house that's right yeah and you and jess both played solo sets before the show 
Yeah. And you sang Hold Still, and I was standing right next to Kaysen Cooley. Yes. And I was like, dude, is this a real song? (laughs) (laughs) Is it real? (laughs) I love that question. Yeah. 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 You know, because like, yes, I hear it, but like, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> like it was just one of those moments where it was like, uh, I don't know. It, I may be dreaming. It may be a fantasy right now because no. that, that's, those were the emotions that I felt in that moment. <laughs> I remember just standing and being like, wow, this does this recording exist anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, <clears throat> it wasn't until later that, that Taylor and I entered into conversation about me producing the record, mm-hmm. which I was just thrilled because like, if I have the chance to even just work on that song alone, like that is such a gift and such an honor. Um, I think I mentioned this on the last time that I, I did a podcast with you. And, uh, but like, seriously, it's really just that alone. And the, 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 the song and the form that it's presented to me is so moving. And I love the fact that we really didn't have to do much to, um, to like the initial inspiration of the arrangement of the song and and the melody and stuff was just immediately inspiring. Mm. Um, and so that, that was just so, so sweet. Um, and you know, I earlier as you were, when you were talking about kind of like the stream analogy. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder what metaphor I can use to actually like try to fit into this conversation. You know, (laughs) I'm not a very metaphorical dude. Like I, I speak very plainly about a lot of things or I don't speak at all, uh, which is just my MO. But, uh, I think about the fact that like a stream never really does stop, you know, Mm. it, it either like fills into a larger stream or a river or it follows bends and it follows the curves in the earth mm. or like if there's a depression in the, in the land and it like wells into that depression. And then it finds another way out of that depression and moves into another stream, you know? Yeah. And I think about like even how many times that Taylor, as you were talking, I was thinking about the fact that like you wouldn't have allowed this song to stop, you know, mm. cause it meant something to you. It meant something so powerful and so strong to you, I don't think you would have allowed it to stop. Like the yeah. force of the stream would mm. have allowed the process to continue on. And it's still continuing on because we haven't finished yes. the record yet. We've only tracked. So we've only tracked half the record. Um, yes. Right. Right now. Um, and uh, due to COVID, we're just sitting in this moment of yeah. the second muse. Oh yeah. my gosh! Resistance. Yeah, the muse is strong. The muse is strong. Right <laughs> the now. second muse is strong with me right now. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Complete um, and utter resistance. Yeah. Has Complete fallen upon all of us. All of us. That's the thing. Moment. It's it's so interesting to be. It's one thing when you're in a situation that's just hard for you. There's a special. There's a grief in that. It's so interesting to be in this moment that you can feel specifically, but also collectively and to go, sure. Like I was working on a record and we had to, you know, like we had to 
push pause and that is hard. But then I think, man, everybody is in some sort of version of that story right now. Yeah. And our stories so, are kind of connected. Like we're all going to more, more than they've ever been. Be like, oh, yeah. what did you do because of this? What, how did this change your yeah. life? Yeah. But you know, the thing about going back to just Lucas and that song. And I think one of the reasons why, you know, I called Lucas about this record was because I listened to what he was doing with other people's songs, people like Jordy Searcy and my friend Carly Bannister and uh, the Jay Lynn record, which I just saw that that episode dropped today. So I can't wait to go listen to that after this. But uh, I just love uh, the way that Lucas listens to artists, I, I'm talking about you in the third person, but you're right here. Hey, Lucas, I love the way that you, <laughs> I love, I love the way you listen to people and you are, you are such a good steward of songs and, um, of lyric and voice. And so I just thought, man, I, it is a big thing to trust somebody with, you know, all of the, all these hours yeah, and these God, it really things. Is. And, uh, but I just knew I, I, I could hear in his work, like a respect and a love for the individual, you know, uh, represented in all those different projects. And so I thought, man, I just really hope that Lucas would want to work with me because yeah, I, I really respect that. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was such an immediate, like I'm in, you know, and, yeah. uh, the other songs too on this record are, are really, um, are really special, you know, and the ones that we've tracked thus far. I mean, I, I feel like I need to even give a shout out to even the way that we've approached the, um, the recording of it, uh, the tracking of it. Um, (laughs) we, um, last February. Um, yeah. So about a month and a half ago, we went into Ocean Way and uh, booked two days there with uh, with a band. Um, yes. That band was Will Sales on drums, uh, Scott Mulvihill on upright bass, uh, Tyler Burkham on electric guitar, and Justin Shipper on pedal steel. Mm-hmm. And, That's a band. Uh, it's a band. It a band. <laughs> Let me just that say, is a slamming band. Like if uh, anyone, <laughs> yeah. Just to just to clarify here, those are those are good people to have on your. Yeah. Record. Well, these yeah. are these are just great songs. You know, like yeah. I, 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 I have a collaborative spirit. You know, I think we're at, right now in a day and age of like record making that we have to be a little bit more creative and a little more frugal than 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 normal and than yeah. maybe in the past. But like the best thing about listening to like those Emmylou Harris, Patty Griffin um, records, like the things that I think are really kind of like a wellspring of inspiration for for myself in doing this project, and I'm sure for you too, Taylor, and you, Drew. Like those records are special. Yeah. You yes. Know? Yeah. They they have a vulnerability to them, and like you know, and also like even using the stream analogy again, it's like the fact that you you never see a stream that's like perfectly straight, mm-hmm. and the bottom of the stream is perfectly, what's the word, concave. 
Mm-hmm. It's got pebbles and it's got mud traveling down the stream too. Mm. And it takes bends and stuff like that, that, that make it really beautiful. And that, that's what makes, that's what makes Thomas Kim Kincaid a lot of money, you know, is to be able to, uh, and Bob Ross. Nice. Uh, yeah, yes. is, they, is because yeah. of so much of the detail in it. And there's really so much of the imperfect detail in it. Um, yeah. I was just listening even just the other day uh, to a producer who's talking about the sound scoring of a um, of a well-known uh, TV series and how he was talking about his Jupiter, uh, which is an old synth, uh, was kind of the bedrock of that whole soundscape and how, you know, an old piece of analog gear Oh, yeah. Uh, from the 70s, like the components inside of the gear start to warp over time. And so it just over the decades of mm. use, like each voice on the keyboard starts to get a little bit more out of tune. Mm. And so it creates this unpredictability and this wideness to the sound, you know, in a world where we can pull up a software synth and get any sound we want. And it's perfect and clean and pristine. I think these songs, Taylor's songs, like when I heard them, I was just like, man, we need to like make this in a way we kind of need to like make sure that the the details of this stream are like really vivid and but also kind of mysterious, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the live tracking element of this record was really important, you know. Yeah. And the minimal overdub approach, you know, we'll be doing overdubs, of course, but like. Yeah. The getting everybody in the room and playing the song. And I'd never done that before and so I'll never forget the way that felt. You know, just to like well Lucas and I had talked and we you know, we'd had conversations, we had some like pre production, but then getting all those guys in the room and just hearing them like play and going like listening to their instincts, you know, and listening to like, will just like slip into this groove or like listening to Tyler, get the tones on the uh, electric was just, it was unreal for me to like, watch something come to life. You know, I imagine it's like the smallest echo of what God must Mm experience you know like when he creates like that there's something in us that just really does like something in me came alive and just just experienced such a pure form of delight like seeing Mm. something come into being you know like here so uh man it's so cool and i think that like it didn't it it didn't feel like it it took much at all once everyone was together to kind of feel like this is a this is a vibe you know and this is a feeling and this is like a room that i want to hang out in yeah uh yeah you just create the conditions for good listening and the relationships do the rest of the work with songs like your songs like that's that's what you're doing that's the work you're doing and totally Man, and Lucas, I keep my mind keeps coming back to this thing you said about the stream image yeah. of how uh, you're talking about for Taylor writing "Hold Still" 
like you wouldn't have wanted to stop the stream. Mm-hmm. That is so good. I mean, that is, that is so, um, that's such an insight because like we can think of creativity in terms of perfection and like achieving this like closed, perfectly, uh, executed, finished thing. And especially with recording, um, you want the record to be the best it can be. But part of what the magic, um, part of where the magic comes from in that is that you're, it's not that you're achieving this perfect ideal. It's that you're invoking an idea that began mm-hmm. with the the songwriter. And so if, if you do the best job that you possibly can, um, then the listener at the end of the day, like listening to the final version of hold still is going to essentially catch a glimpse of the very same little glimmer in the water that Taylor had when mm-hmm. that first line came to her. And, mm-hmm. and there is something very like never ending about that. Um, that, is so appropriate to compare to a stream that you don't really know where it ends or begins. Yeah. It's just that you're kind of gesturing towards it. And yeah. so like even the, the art of, of making a record, um, mm. Lucas, that like what makes you so good at that is the sort of like empathy that allows you to see that glimmer and mm-hmm. catch that glimpse with the artist and like mm. faithfully gesture towards it with them. Um, because it's not about achieving some perfect product. Right. It's just about stewarding that glimpse and right. helping other to glimpse other people to glimpse it too. Totally. It's so beautiful. Oh man. Well, man, I tell you, um, the, the, the life cycle of a, of a song or the really the lifespan of a song is like something that's hard to imagine at this phase of the, process because i've worked on records before that have taken a year and a half Mm. you know and i'm not saying that this one will take that long taylor it's Uh, okay (laughs) i'm I'm, uh but full disclosure no yes i'm just kidding um yeah but that's you know whatever the circumstances would have been whether it's like a certain number of cooks in the kitchen or like uh, maybe not the right songs or maybe we need to retrack a song or something like that. They're all like towards the purpose of like reaching, okay, are we like ready to release this thing now out into the world? And a lot of times it's like, you know, the song could have been written eight months before the, the song would have been recorded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the song may not even be released until a year after the production has started. And yeah, that, like then you start touring the record, and now you're playing this song every night for you know for the length of your tour, and th- then you're playing it the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but not only that, the song is brand new to the people who hear it a year later. Mm. You know, it's brand new and it has this life to it. It's like the stream you've gone to every single day and like the glimmer starts to become normal yeah. and then to, the, to the new person. That's a mm-hmm. brand new stream that they can enjoy yes. every day. Yeah. And like, that's my, that's really what I want to encourage artists with. It's just the, is just the reality that like, 
this is a long, long process. And when you create something, you're, you're creating it into, into existence, into the world in which it now has the chance to affect, um, affect change and to be a part of people's stories. Yes. It now allows your story to be a part of other people's stories, which is a really beautiful thing. That's right. And you kind of have to give up your own. I mean, you, you'll you always have what the song means to you, but you also kind of release it to others to, mm-hmm. for it to be what, I, what it is that they need. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is beautiful. I love that. And I don't think that's something that I think about enough. It's just that these things that we create that that feel old and maybe even ordinary to us can still have these, you know, um, can still be a revelation, you know, to, to someone else who hasn't heard that before. It's weird that something can be both old, old and new at the same, yeah, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Awesome. Yeah. 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 And then, but so often the newness, the experience of newness doesn't come from the fact that what you're seeing is new. It just comes from seeing something old that has always been there and actually seeing it, you know, yep. for the first time. And Oh yeah. And, that, and I think that's something that like, when you talk about artists like Emmylou Harris or Patty Griffin, like that's the sense I get listening to them. Like there's this, um, for me, like my temptation um, in creativity is to, want to arrive at some originality, something mm-hmm. actually new, but nothing is actually new, <laughs> you know, like that's the biggest, yes. that's the biggest trick, um, to yeah. be pulled on you. And, uh, and so the trick is simply to honor the old and to see it anew. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. and if you're, if you're doing that well, then you're going to help other people to do that when they listen. And that's especially, I think I like those words too, because even, even sonically, that's really the hope for this record too. I mean, Lucas and I have talked about that, about I'm so drawn to an old sound, Mm. you know, and, and really wanting to like honor these people who, you know, that's still my go-to record, you know, is Emmy Lou's like Wrecking Ball, Mm -hmm. um, you know, or like, well, just the just these records. I even the other day I was listening. Uh, been been missing John Prine these days, and yeah. listened to some of his and yeah. um, that kind of like almost greatest hits thing that Souvenirs that came out. But just list, like that, that's kind of my default is to just go and listen to these people that uh, saw something, you yeah. know, saw something really beautiful, and it's like okay, I just. I want you to be my teacher and I, and I really want this record to like have a lot of their, have a lot of that same heart um, Mm -hmm. in it. And uh, yeah. Yeah. There's that Sarah Mm -hmm. Groves lyric, the path is worn, but to us it's new. Oh yeah. Man, that she's, I think she's singing about one of her children, but you can sing that about, um, about songwriting and about these, songs that you've listened to the path is worn but yeah if you're walking it for the first time yeah it's new to you and it's beautiful and well it's i think gift. i think that it's really good 
you know, I'll just take a minute to speak to any, any songwriter, any creative person out there. Like you don't have to be a genius. Just like let yourself off the hook, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's kind of an illusion. Like what you're saying, Drew, this idea that I have to make something new and I have to say something or do something no one's ever thought before. It's like, you really don't like, it's so much more about just like, I think if you're a, if you're a person who listens and a person who loves, yeah, you know, like that, to, that to me is more like, I, I think I'm feeling less and less like I don't have to be the smartest songwriter ever, or I don't have to be the most talented person ever, but I do need to tell my story like in a true way uh for for me i need to listen to my own life i need to listen to people around me and here's the cool thing too like to what you said lucas is like we just don't i mean maybe there's a couple like people out there who write their own songs produce their own records like nobody else touches their but for me, the process has been so like just letting other people in. It's the it's the collective genius, and it's like okay, every single time I le- when I let someone else into my song, like it's just it's better, you know. Like and and I think just even the potential and the capacity for what the song can be um, grows and deepens just you know in the act of like letting Lucas in, letting this band in, letting in, you know, on occasion, like other songwriters and stuff like that. And so, uh, it's just, it's, and it's way more fun that way, you know? So at least for me, um, so there's just this great thing where I sort of realized I don't, yeah, it's not up to me to just be this I don't know, to be the hero, just being an artist for the long haul. I think I just want to find people I love working with, love writing with, love recording with, love playing with. And, uh, the songs will get better that way. I trust that they will. Yeah, Mm. for sure. I think that's true. That's some good wisdom. All right. Well, that's a good note to end on. Um, thank you both so much for, I'm really uh, curious how you're going to edit this last 15 minutes of the podcast <laughs> oh you just wait and see uh, oh yeah you just I'm, I'm sure you've gotten pretty good at it so far um, <laughs> since i'll have seamlessly edited it by this point of the finished episode i'll just say here that dear listener you didn't know but uh uh because i edited it so well but um <laughs> But we lost connection like two times we in the did. last five minutes of our conversation. We um, did. Due to the my... resistance is real. It's yeah, out man. There. The second muse does not want this interview to happen, <laughs> but we continue anyway, um, defiantly. So anyway, thank you so much to both of you for talking about the song. I, I mean, I just love your insights, both of you. And um, honest to goodness, it just makes me want to go right myself. So. Um, thanks for all that you've shared today oh thanks Drew thanks so much The Rabbit Room has partnered with Lipscomb University to make this podcast possible Lipscomb has graciously given us access to their recording studio in the Center for Entertainment and Arts building we're so grateful for their sponsorship their encouragement and the good work they do in Nashville this podcast was produced by The Rabbit Room where art nourishes community 
and Community Nourishes Art. All our podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our members. To learn more about us, visit rabbitroom.com. And to become a member, rabbitroom.com slash donate. It got a still. Shame.